Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Roundtable. First Coach's Roundtable of the new year, which actually, well, I guess I'd say the first one we were recording in the new year. I know uh, the last one dropped on January 1st, but excited. We got a, a big year. I, I'm really I don't know about you, Chris, but I feel like this year, like I really want to do some crazy things with the podcast, get some really cool guests on here. I don't know who just yet. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you have some ideas, shoot us our way. But I'm excited to continue to expand on this podcast. But um, yeah, got to be back recording again and um, into the new year and see where this goes. That would be awesome. Might even bring this guy on Chase Smith. He's a he's a legend. I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> his, his his name doesn't even sound good. Like, just kick him off right now. Um, <laughs> um, but guys, we have um, some really great questions today. Um, thank you for everyone who asked the questions. Um, we're going to dive on into these and see if we can get through all of them. Looks like we have about five or six of these. So as we dive in here, Number one is from Becky Lemansky, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong here, but she asked, can you eat animal protein and plant-based protein to gain muscle? Chris, what are your thoughts? You can. Um, I You can do a mixture of both. You can also do plant-based or you could just do animal, uh, animal plant or animal plant, animal protein. <laughs> um, but I would say that Plant, the, the thing with plant pro, uh, protein is that it doesn't contain all of the essential amino acids. And when it, the amino acids, just so you guys know, are like the building blocks of protein. It helps with muscle growth. It helps with repair. It helps with uh, hormone synthesis and those kind of things. So when you're doing plant-based, you're not getting all of those essential amino acids and you're missing out on a lot of that. Um, now, animal source protein, obviously, they have their complete proteins. That's has all of the essential amino acids, whereas plant-based, you don't. Um, they're incomplete proteins. And that's why we really push a lot of mostly animals, animal sources of protein. And I would emphasize that as well for the listeners to do that as well. What are your thoughts, Chase? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing with plant-based protein is it requires you to be really intentional with getting that protein in. And and that's especially if, the, if you're just doing plant-based protein. Um, we had Clarissa uh, Gannon on the podcast, um, and actually somebody was just messaging me about that one today. So I think it was episode 139, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and we were going to know that because the person mentioned it. Um, but and we had her on and she, she's a, she's a vegan coach herself. And so we talked a lot about plant based protein. And like she mentioned, like you are going to be very intentional of it. Um, and and like Chris said, like we want to try to get as much complete protein as we can from animal sources. But if you like, let's say if you're falling short of your daily protein intake and you need some from plant-based protein sources, for sure, go right ahead. Like nothing's wrong with that at all. Um, and some people prefer to have a little bit more plant-based versus animal-based, but 
there is a lot of upsides and like Chris mentioned, as far as getting your complete protein from the animal protein itself. So yeah, I agree. Like, yes, it is definitely possible to do both. I mean, even in Clarissa's episode, she talks about, you know, she's a bodybuilder and she's a vegan bodybuilder at, at that. So like she's, you know, competing in bikini competitions when you have to get really jacked, you want to step on stage and, and she's done that all through vegan eating. So again, not probably. And, and this is where I, me personally, I, I'm not vegan, obviously. And so like, I look at this as like, is it optimal? Probably not. Is it doable? For sure. Absolutely. It's just going to be a little bit more challenging in order to reach those goals. Awesome. What about number two, Chris? Awesome. So uh, Dawn asks, how to find your metabolism during perimenopause? And Chase, I'll, I'll kind of let you touch base on that. Yeah, so this is this is a tough one, right? And I, I think it's I think it's important for us just to like go ahead and like address the elephant room. Like, obviously, we're both guys, right? But we both have helped women that have gone through pre-menopause, perimenopause, postmenopausal, you know, throughout menopause, like, you know, all these during these phases, like we've helped a lot of women through this as well. And they've all had great success. And it really does come down to like, at the end of the day, you still have control over a lot of things. I, and I, I mean this with all kindness. I don't want this to come across, you know, like rude or, uh, you know, not polite, but basically a lot of times people will use this as kind of a little bit of a crutch or an excuse and will say, well, I'm in menopause or, you know, I'm postmenopausal, perimenopausal. And I, I just, I, I can't lose weight right now. It's just not, it's not in the cards for me where it, actually it is. And I'll, Chris, I'll let you kind of touch on a little bit. You know, we had uh, Susan Niebergall, um, one of the most amazing coaches I know um, on, in our Facebook group, she's been on the podcast. It's usually back on like episode six, like when I first launched the podcast. Um, but um, when Susan was on, like, what were some of the things that she chatted about, Chris? Um, first of all, you made it sound like you're a veteran. I mean, episode six, episode one thirty nine. I mean, look at this. This is crazy <laughs> the, the podcast growth that you've had. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, I agree. I and once again, guys, like we don't go through this, but we have taken a lot of clients through it. We've done our own research. We've talked to Susan on this as well. And a lot of research has actually come out to show that your metabolism doesn't actually slow down like you think it does. In actuality, a lot of things that slow down is your lifestyle. And -hmm. if you think about it, a lot of people think even for men, like, oh, testosterone's low through your 30s, your 40s and 50s. Well, let's look at the outside factors. Actually, you're in the prime of your career. Maybe you started a family. So now you're not going to softball on thir- you know Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Like Your lifestyle has significantly changed. You're not going on those runs. You're not hitting the gym nearly as much. Like There's so many other factors that play into, into that. And it's the same thing for perimenopause. Like, unless you go to your doctors and you, he tells you that you do need hormone therapy or something along those lines, but unless you unless you know that in like, you can't really use menopause as the excuse. We need to look at the overall lifestyle that you're living. Has it really just maybe slowed down that you're running kids all over the place and you ha- you're not living an active lifestyle anymore. You're getting a thousand steps in a day and you're eating fast food at lunch. 
um, like, let's look at the big picture here. And she kind of touches base on that of like, it's really not menopause. That's the issue. It's, and, and the things and Chase, I'll kind of let you touch base on what people need to do as they go through and prioritize as they're, as they're aging. Yeah. So the biggest thing is going to be getting your protein intake in. You know, we talked about protein in the last question and we'll be talking about protein a little bit later in another question, but you know, we should be shooting for like 0.7 times your body weight, um, and pounds. So, you know, that's something where like, if you're not eating that much protein, we probably need to start working on getting your protein up. You should be strength training. Like, and this isn't, yeah, this is, we've talked about this in the past and other episodes, but this isn't to like get bulky or, you know, grow a ton of muscle. This is for like your quality of life to build healthy, strong muscles and strong bones and, and, ha- and be able to, you know, I, I love like, you know, one of my clients put on her reason why we talked about, you know, a lot about goals and such for 2024. And we re- re- revisited all of our clients wise. And one of hers was, I want to be able to not have to worry about if I fall as I get older and be able to get up off the floor. And like, because like falls are one of the top leading death reasons for death for the older population, because a lot of people, once they fall, they're not able to get back up. And so strength training is super important. Protein, super important. Just continuing to have an active lifestyle, like getting out, moving, flexibility, mobility, stretching, like being able to move your body and balance coordination, stability, like all those things are huge. Like when you're like lifting weights, it's not just about like, oh, I'm going to lift weights just to get stronger, but it's also about balance, like using the dumbbells, using like the equipment that was going to require you to brace your core and like build that stability and strength up. So then you're not able to, or you, so you don't have to worry about those things later on in life. And with that being said, also like, like Chris mentioned, like just having a more active lifestyle. Guys, a lot of people, as they're aging, they're not being this mobile. They're just kind of sitting around the couch a lot more. They're just kind of relaxing a lot more. Whereas, like, that's okay to an extent, but we still have to, like, go out, get your steps in, get your walks in, stay active, like, find things to do. Like, I love, like, the trend, you know, like, I, I hear people all the time, like, going and playing, like, pickleball and things like that, like, as they age and, like, you know, like, and not just saying that's, like, age-specific thing, but, like, I see a lot of like older people like going to play play pickleball and like so it's just getting an active lifestyle. And so a lot of those things are super important as you age and as you go through menopause and such. Yeah. I mean, are you literally sitting around and you have a list of shows that you watch every day? Like you're watching The Price is Right and then Judge Judy comes (laughs) on and like you're watching Mari and Jerry Springer in the afternoon and like that's your day. Like you, you look at your watch or if you wear a watch or you're like, I got 500 steps in, but we're blaming menopause. Like we need to look at the outside factors of this. Um, yeah. you know, and that's actually my stepmom actually just started, um, to go to physical therapy to help with her balance because awesome. she was like starting to see that. And I, I talked to her about that when I was in Florida recently, it's just like, you, I, I love that you're doing that because it is extremely important. She was starting to see a big difference there. So, yeah. And, and speaking of big difference, I think it's important to realize, you know, this is something that, um, actually had a very bitter, bittersweet moment, uh, yesterday, uh, when we're recording this podcast on Tuesday on Monday night, um, heard from one of my clients, Linda, her and I've been working together for about almost three years now. Um, and she was, we actually had her on Facebook live a few months ago and she talked about how, you know, if anyone ever tells you that menopause is the reason you can't lose weight or get healthier, like they're lying to you. Like she just turned 70 this past year. Um, actually had the privilege of going to her 70th surprise birthday party. And 
when she you know turning 70 years old she's lost over 100 pounds she has reversed her diabetes she hasn't been on insulin since um i think it was like early last or i think early spring last year after being on insulin for over 20 years um i mean like wearing clothing sizes that she hasn't worn since like high school or even before that um i mean like she's completely trained from her life you know she's now working out she's going to the gym she's doing like a um, guided physical therapy and this is someone who's not only gone through menopause she's gone through you know uh cancer she beat beat cancer she has gone through bilat- bilateral knee replacement she has gone through open heart surgery like she has been through it all and through menopause as this person asked and she's still accomplished all these amazing things so and she said it herself like it's a it's you still have to be able to put in the effort. And that's actually one thing that Susan Niebergall talked a lot about when we had her on was you can do all these things, but you're gonna have a little bit of a smaller window to work inside versus somebody who is, let's say, you know, a, a younger woman in her 20s, 30s. She probably has a little more wiggle room. She can be 80, 85 percent consistent majority of the time and see great progress. Someone that is going through menopause you maybe have to be closer to like 85, 90, maybe even close to 95% consistent mark, but it is still possible. It doesn't mean that you can't do it at all. Yeah. We've worked with clients that have said, I used to use this as an excuse. And now I, mm-hmm. I can actually see that I just needed to be more consistent and be more active. So um, yeah. number three, we have uh, Stacy asked, not nutrition related, but what is the problem with doing the same full body workout over a long period of time if you don't mind it or if you don't find it boring? What are the advantages of changing up the exercise routine? I'll let you start with that one. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, the boredom is honestly what comes to my mind is the problem. And your muscles do adapt to the same movement over and over again. Now, I do believe that you can do this and still see progress and, and knowing Stacy and where she's currently at in her, like I think her just showing up and if she wants to continue to do the same thing, that's perfectly okay. And she's not getting bored. That's fine. Um, we should be increasing weight and seeing, you know, progression there. But for me, I like to hit muscles from, you know, for somebody that's maybe trying to put a little bit added muscle on and maybe put on a dip, some size, like, it's you can change up some angles and and I like to do that. I like to keep things fresh. Uh, and sometimes when I say fresh, like it's literally just adding an ex- a different exercise in one yeah. one exercise for the workout, and it kind of gives your brain of like, oh, this is a new a new exercise. It's a shiny object. Uh, we all love shiny objects, right? And so I feel like that kit, that has the benefit of it. But what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, if you're not bored with it, then it's probably pretty fine. Um, if, if anything, I, I think in also just speaking like from, you know, coaching Stacy myself, I think it kind of came from, uh, you know, we recently made some changes and my thinking behind it was one, like, you know, addressing if there is any boredom with any of the exercises, but also to, like you said, like just different angles, targeting different parts of the muscles and such. And also just like getting more comfortable with different types of equipment and like just be more confident in the gym. Like, I feel like sometimes like, yes, it's great to like get in the gym, like getting in the gym is step one, even, even if it's just on the treadmill. Step two. All right, let's just play around with like some machine weights, get comfortable with those. And then 
how about we move on to some other types of different machines and different types of movements and such? Just building that library inside of your internal, you know, exercise bank that you have of like understanding and the different knowledge of like the biomechanics and how to move your body with these different movements and getting confident with other different types of movement other than just sticking with the same ones. And so that was really like the the main driver of the change. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, if somebody is going to remain with the same plan for a long period of time, we do need to make sure we are progressively overloading. Like Chris mentioned, like we, it is possible to adapt to those exercises after a while if you're not actually trying to progress with them. And so each week we should be really trying to either go up in weight or up in reps and staying, staying inside of that rep scheme, you know, that eight to 12 or 12 to 15, whatever you're assigned for that exercise. And sometimes it really just comes down to like, there's some things that just change up the exercise rep range. Whereas like maybe one block you're working eight to 12 reps at a time. And then the next block, maybe we raise it to 12 to 15. So you have to go a little bit lighter weight, but more reps. And it's just, again, it's all just like exercise variety, getting your body to do different things, try out different things and target different types of muscles and such. We should really mess with her and make her bear crawl around the gym or something or like something crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Stacy, you heard it from him, not me. Like this exercise, you're going to hang from the ceiling on the chandelier. Like, <laughs> you know, what's, um, you no, know what I, just popped in my head? What? That song, Wrecking Ball. <laughs> if she goes to Planet Fitness, her uncle arm will be going off like crazy. Just so she knows. I think she does go to Planet. Um, she does, yeah. But. I agree with you. How awesome would it be to like go into the gym and just, I, yeah, all these thoughts are coming in my head. I can't even get a sentence out right now. Um, but how awesome would it be to go to the gym, just feel hundred percent confident in every machine, every movement. And you just have yeah. that instead of being like, Oh, I, I only stick to this over here. Open up, you know, just a whole uh, broad area of machines, exercises. It makes the gym a little bit more fun. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Well, number four, and actually the last, well, the next two questions are kind of along the same lines. And then we have another one, but these are all from Linda. Uh, Linda asked, how do you fit in the protein you need if calories are low? And if you're not used to eating a lot of meat, is it okay to throw in a protein shake? And then I'm going to go ahead and mention the other question as well, because it's along the same lines of what are some good proteins without a lot of calories? What do you think, Chris? Like, what are, what are some of your go-tos that are like leaner proteins that we can work in a little bit easier with the lower calories? I'm pretty simple. I love. I just stick to like chicken breast and tuna, uh, some of my bigger <laughs> ones, and and then obviously you have like the lean meat, uh, lean beef. Um, but I I really stick to a lot of chicken and a lot of tuna. That's typically where my protein comes from. Um, you do egg whites; they're a little bit lower in fat as well. Um, and then it is okay to throw in a protein shake. My rule of thumb is 80% of your protein is coming from whole food sources and not being so dependent on a protein shake, because there's going to be moments where you just, you don't have protein powder. You don't have, you know, your protein shakes there. And it's like, what are you going to do? And be like, well, I guess I'm going to be low on my protein today because I don't have my shakes. No, let's figure out how to get it in. I think people use supplements way too much and it's like mm-hmm. guys it's a, a supplement named it's named a supplement for a reason like it's supplementing because you can't get it in that day but if you can make sure you are getting it in 
um, with whole foods if you can. And if you can't, yeah, have a protein shake every once in a while. Yeah. And also not to mention like protein shakes and protein bars and such are not satiating that much at all. Like, I mean, like, I I don't know about you, but like I can suck down a protein shake and be looking for food five minutes later. (laughs) Like they just like, it's, it's liquid calories. They're just, they're not going to fill you up. Um, like, yes, it, it can help a little bit to buy you some time. Like if you're busy, I know I have some clients that just, they are not big breakfast fans. So they start their day out with a protein shake. Like nothing's wrong with them, but especially if you're in a cut and you're in a deficit trying to lose body fat and you're trying to control your hunger better, then I would really encourage you to try to eat as much as your protein than trying to drink it. Um, you know, some other things that I enjoy, I love, you know, pork tenderloin. That's like one of my favorites. Like I love, like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm also very simple with this stuff is like, you know, I love buying the pre-marinated um, pork tenderloins that you just buy for, that are on the pack. You throw it in the oven for, you know, an hour and you have, pork um also like i said like lean beef i love that like just lean ground hamburger um chicken breasts and the air fryer phenomenal um or even like i'll use like some of the canned chicken and stuff like when i'm making like you know either a wrap or some salad or something like that if i'm in a pinch and don't maybe have any prepped ahead of time that's helped um white fish when you know whether it's like tilapia or cod really enjoy that salmon salmon's a little bit fattier but i also love salmon though as well um Turkey, turkey is another really good one. And also, um, not everyone loves it. I feel like it's a love or hate relationship, but I love it. I wish I had it more was, um, venison. Venison's super, super, um, lean protein as well to get in a lot of protein for a few calories. Um, but those are some of my go-tos as far as protein goes as well. And, and, and again, like it is going to come down to like choosing leaner protein sources, rather than trying to get all these things that you may think are high protein or they may contain protein, but they're not. Like I was actually just watching a post the other day. They were going through a couple of different things, like, you know, things like peanut butter. That's more of a fat source, not a protein. Like it has protein in it, but it's, it's a fat source. Beans and like quinoa, things like that. Like they're carb sources. They have protein in them, but they are a majority of carbs. Um, a good rule of thumb that I love to give out to people is take the protein Multiply, multiply by 10. And if it is greater than the calories, then it's a good source of protein. For example, if something has, let's say, um, let's say five grams of protein in it and hundred calories, five times 10, 50, it's less than the hundred calories. So it is not a good source of protein. If it's something that has 20 grams of protein or, or um, yeah, 20, then in 20 times 10, 200, it's greater than the 100, so then it would be a good source of protein. So good rule of thumb when you're looking at um, packages and things like that to find your good source of the protein. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think those are extremely good, helpful hints, and that's a a rule I've learned from you, and um, I think that's a great rule of thumb is take that protein times 10, that times 10 rule. Brilliant, Um, because a lot of people think like, oh, I get – I get a lot of protein in, I, I get peanut butter and it's like, uh, actually, you know, like eggs is one egg is six sixty calories and it's six grams of protein. So times 10 would be <laughs> 60. That's a good rule of thumb. The quest bars. When I look at my MetRx bars that I eat, it's, um, 35 grams of protein and they're 390 calories, which is, we're close there. Um, 
the cereal bar, the, the one that they have, that's a fruity pebbles cereal bar. Like I just justify <laughs> those 40 calories. I'm like, all right, we're good. Like it's close <laughs> enough. But the quest yeah. bars are 20, 21, 22, and they're roughly around 180 to 190 calories. That's a good, you know, protein bar. And like 18 grams of fiber or something like that. Yeah. Like they're yeah. a lot of fiber in them as well. Um, and we met yeah. Tom, so like extra space in our heart for, you know, that's true. Him. That's, that's, so. that's, that's, that's true. Um, definitely <laughs> one of the most interesting speakers I've ever met in my life. But uh, yeah. yeah, Tom Bill, you for he, any of those that are listening. Yeah. He's the one that owns uh, Quest. Yes, yes. Actually, a lot of really good motivational stuff on his um, Instagram and such as well. Um, and he has a podcast, that it, I think it's called Impact Theory, I believe. Um, but um, really good podcast as well. So check that guy out. Um, but to wrap up the last question that Linda asked, she asked about how much or how do you know if you have a lot of inflammation? What do you think, Chris? So it's a little bit tricky without knowing a little bit more context and about the situation that you're in. But what I look at is, you know, like, how do you feel? Are you waking up? You feel bloated. Uh, Some women will notice that their rings or men notice their rings starting to get a little bit tight on their fingers. They're, you know, those kind of things. Uh, I also look at your energy levels as well. That will drive down some energy levels if you have a lot of inflammation. But it's it's some a situation where I would need to learn a little bit more about you, but th- those are all ways that you can notice that you might have some inflammation. Is the scale going up randomly uh, without overeating or feeling like you're overeating? That's another guideline to sh- sh- uh, basically just see if you do have that inflammation going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of foods out there that can trigger inflammation and not from like a way of like, oh, we need to avoid those foods. Like some clients, yes. Ninety percent of clients don't need to worry about this. Like, yeah, like I have a couple of clients that like they'll have some days they'll go out and eat. Especially if they like, if you go out to eat, that's a big one you'll see a lot of times when you, you go out to eat and you come back and you know the next morning the scales spike way up and it's like, yeah, it probably has some like some foods and things like that you ate when you're eating out and probably just spike the scale up a little bit. But they know if they just are consistent, right? Going back to that consistency piece with the majority of their diet most of the time, then it's gonna go down overall. Um, but again, it's going to come back to like cleaning up food quality. You know, if, if you're eating a pretty much a high quality, um, whole food diet, fruits, veggies, proteins, if you're eating a lot of high quality foods and foods that you're preparing at home, you should not have to worry about inflammation. Um, that's, I mean, that's one reason why you'll see a lot of people like when we first, um, it's like starting to have like weight loss phase, you know, and a deficit, people clean up their food quality right away. And what happens? A lot of times we see the scale plummet a couple pounds in that first like week or two. And a lot of that is just inflammation and water weight that's dropping off. Yeah, it, it's a good way to indicator for sure is like, how, how much are you eating out? How much are your foods coming from whole foods? That is the number one driver that's going to be there for inflammation is, is your food quality, like Chase was saying. So yeah. Awesome. Well, and before we wrap this up, guys, I um, mean, you know, I think it's a good point to kind of pivot here because Linda is actually one of them. Uh, we just started a just launched an Empower You 21 day boot camp. Um, this episode is going to be going out on, I guess it would be the 8th, I believe. And so we will have enrollment open for the rest of the week until the 13th. We are kicking off the boot camp on January 14th of 24 at 8 p.m. 
guys, this is going to be a really, really exciting boot camp um, for a lot of people. We've already, you know, we looked at it. This is just Tuesday we're recording. We just opened it up to our group today and we're already at 50 people. So um, really exciting to see this. Really exciting for a lot of people to start their year off right. Um, but Chris, like what, what else should they know about this? Like, is it, is it for them? You know, is it free? What, what's, what are we looking at here? Yeah, absolutely. It is free. You have the opportunity to actually upgrade um, to receive a one-on-one -on -one coach while you're on this boot camp as well. That is optional. You don't have to, but I would highly advise it to work with one of us absolutely free for 21 days or not absolutely free, but for a, a very small price. And you guys, I just want you to know too, this isn't some like hoorah, like we're, we're going to, you know, get 40,000 steps in a day and we're going to cut your calories. Like you guys know us better than that. We're all about education and that is going to be the driver for you for this year. Like we want to set you up for success in January and ride that momentum so you can have 2024 be the year that you finally get to your goal. And once again, this we want to make sure that this is something that's sustainable for you. Yeah, we're going to challenge you. It's a boot camp. We're going we're going to push you a little bit, but also we're going to look at where you're currently at in your lifestyle and what you're trying to achieve and make sure that you're set up for success. We try to personalize as much as we possibly can and meet people where they're at the best that we can. Now, like Chase said, we just have 50 people in day one. Um, and I think like if you're going to do it and you're looking for more of like a sustainable approach to set you up for this year, I would probably upgrade. So you do have a coach that can maybe personalize it and tailor it to exactly where you're at a little bit more. Yeah. I hope we have some upgrade spots left. <laughs> right. This is going out in like six That's days true. and we've already had like That's 10 true. people upgrade. So um, yeah. if the option is there for you to upgrade, congrats, jump on it. <laughs> but I'll, I, I, I hope it's still there for you guys. <laughs> I'll put it <Yeah>. that way. <laughs> um, Reach out and ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yes, yes, absolutely. But uh, guys, uh, we'll put the link to the bootcamp registration into the show notes down below there. Get signed up. You have nothing to lose but a ton to gain out of this opportunity for all of you guys. And we could not be happier to get that started very, very soon. But other than that, guys, any other questions, let us know that you want answered on the show. We are still always looking for your listeners' questions to answer them on the show so you we can help you the best. We want to make sure all of our listeners are set up for success as we head into the new year. And to be any other questions, let us know. But we will talk to you guys, you guys on the next episode. Happy New Year. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.